0: A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hanson and Betsy Thompson. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Betsy.
1: Good morning, Dan.
2: Have you recovered from the big show?
1: Um, yeah. The new homes I think and remodeling. So. Oh my
2: The Remodeling <laughs> and New time. Home Show. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, you know, except for the foot ache and the back ache from standing for so oh, long. see,
2: it's it, always about complaining It was you. an
1: upgrade this year because we had that carpet with the padding underneath and somebody actually stopped by the booth and <laughs> talked about, oh, this is so nice. You yeah. have the padding under your carpet. Yeah,
2: we had to have security remove that person after about four <laughs> hours of just standing there. Yeah,
1: they were just standing there enjoying our carpet. Yeah, it was it does pretty, pretty amazing. amazing.
2: We ate a lot of jerky. Yeah, I mean, I think more than is truly healthy. In fact, I'm pretty sure.
1: Well, at least it's all protein. I mean, it's not like we were eating carbs, so.
2: Right. Well, what 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 did you buy? You bought at one point a a dip, a chip dip. Right? Yeah,
1: it's it's a jerky dip. Well, yeah,
2: yeah. So it's it's a jerky dip. Yeah. So Betsy's got this dip in the in the booth, <laughs> and I. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see the crackers or whatever and I'm eating using or eating one of those little meat sticks yeah. from the jerky place. Yep. So I'm dipping that into the and she says you're like doubling up on your jerky. You're <laughs> eating meat sticks dipped in meat whatever that was.
1: Yeah, if you have never had Deering's jerky, I highly recommend that you oh, yeah. find some somewhere and try it. Oh yeah, it Betsy like
2: hobnobs with these guys because they're from where you were originally from, right? Yeah, Traverse City from area. Traverse City.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, their family goes way back, and I found like out, your
2: aunt babysat. Uh, yeah,
1: I found out my aunt babysat one of them, and I'm like, huh. So that's it's really weird. annoying.
2: <laughs> Betsy goes over to get jerky, and then she's back four hours later after <laughs> oh, you know. Give me a break. Yeah, it's like you have a big family reunion over there while I'm working the booth, slaving hey, away.
1: I got to keep up on what's happening up north, you know.
2: <laughs> Deering's jerky. Can yeah. it be ordered online?
1: It can be ordered online.
2: What was the one that I tried that I had to run away to the bathroom fast? The to ghost get a drink? chili pepper? Yeah, to get a drink. Yes. I should have clarified.
1: <laughs> Wait, <laughs> who gets a drink in the bathroom?
2: Well, no, it's, well, well that drinking fountains are by the bathroom.
1: Okay, then.
2: <laughs> and it was busy, so I we went to the, <laughs> No. Uh, Yeah, ghost pepper.
1: Yeah, you went running.
2: Yeah. Oh, Uh I'll be fine. She said, are you sure you want to eat that (laughs) big piece? What? Me? Uh I can handle it. Uh Oh, my goodness. As the tears
1: stream down your
2: face. Run to get water. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So it was a great week. We talked to a lot of different people in the RepcoLite booth.
1: Yeah. The RepcoLite
2: booth was really crazy. Right? We had it full of mannequins yeah. and clothing. and We, we had, had a
1: lot of things to talk about. We before. had a lot
2: of splaining to do, as Ricky Ricardo would say yeah. to Lucy.
1: You got some splaining to do. Yeah,
2: we had to explain what in the world we were doing with all these clothing pieces in the, in the booth. And we yeah. talked about how color and inspiration is everywhere. Because mm-hmm. people, there's two real big things that people struggle with with a paint project. Yeah. And it's figuring out how to do it, the right mm-hmm. products to use yeah. and all of that. And and a lot of the times in our industry, I think the tendency is we fall into, you and I, or, or people working the stores, fall into, hey, let's just get them the right product, get mm-hmm. them the right information, and they'll move right on. Right. There's always this other component, and it's color. Yeah. Figuring out the right color. Because mm-hmm. all the work in the world and knowing how to do something all falls apart yeah. if you put the wrong color on a surface. Yeah, so part that's of why the
1: point was ladies, check your wardrobe because quite often, even if, this is what I told women over and over again, even if you don't wear the piece all the time, you know, maybe it's a ball gown that you have from some really special occasion, but you absolutely love that thing, nine times out of ten, that's a color that you would love to have in your home. Or a
2: combination of colors. Right. There's inspiration to be had everywhere. Yep. And spinning off of that, one of the things we're going to be talking about at the end of the show today mm-hmm is kitchen cabinet colors when it comes to repainting and selling your home. Right. Because that was another great conversation we had with a couple of people in the booth. Yeah. They're getting ready to sell the home. How do I paint the cabinets? And then we transition to the second part of that, which is the color. Yeah. And now the big debate comes up. Do you go with something really trendy? Mm -hmm. Is that going to help move the house faster or do you stick with something safe? Right. We're going to dig into that at the end of the show. We're also going to be talking about vacuums. Yes. And the difference a good vacuum will make.
1: Oh, does it make all the difference in the world?
2: (laughs) Before that, (laughs) Uh what's on the other thing that we're going to do? We're
1: going to talk about the woodworking mistakes. We talked about it last week, and Mm -hmm. we didn't quite get through all of them. We got through two of them. Yeah, so we're going to follow up with the last three of those today. And they're kind of wood finishing mistakes that people tend to make. Yeah,
2: It's really interesting, and they're so common. It's good to talk about these things. But right now, Betsy, I have a surprise for you, and you're going to like it.
1: Uh, why don't Probably you look not. like I'm gonna like it? You're Usually, when like it. people say no. I have a surprise for you, <laughs>
2: yeah, I know it's it's a little. You're not gonna like it really at all. Just okay. <laughs> get out of arm's reach. <laughs> Betsy, I'm liking this lesson. Less. Has what do we call it? What is it called? Thoracic out. Yes, that's outlet where I'm going. Syndrome. Oh, Thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh-huh. All right, it's something that you've been dealing with for about two to three years. Yeah, and you don't really tell hardly anybody about it. No. You kind of keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people know about it. I know about it because <laughs> you have we to work together all day. Time. And I know the whole thing and, and the depth of it all. But the reason we're going to talk about it now, we've never talked about it on the air. No. But I'm going to make you talk about it a little bit because of what's coming up and how that's going to potentially impact the show mm-hmm. and some of the things. So why don't we just talk about what it is? You're not going yeah. away, so I'm I don't not, want people to be freaked no. out. Because enough people, enough people, surprisingly, came to the booth who like you.
1: <laughs> Crazy yeah, how that works. I know.
2: So we are keeping you. But yeah, it is going to be not... a little bit of a stress for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: uh, thorac- I know. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. But we got to so talk about I it. I know.
1: I know we do. And I knew this day was coming at some point. Um, thoracic outlet syndrome. It, it, thoracic outlet. Your thoracic outlet, let's just start there. It's okay. kind of where your collarbone and your neck are, that little space right in between there where mm-hmm. you can stick your finger down in there and it really, really hurts.
2: So don't do that so don't too long. So don't do that. <laughs> no,
1: I wouldn't recommend it. Um, basically, thoracic outlet syndrome is there's not enough space in there for all the nerves to go through and not get pinched off. And so it creates, in my case, severe pain through my rib cage in that area. I mean, this has been a long time coming. Well, a it long was a time long to time even to, figure
2: it out. Right. Because it's diagnose. so rare. Or at least yes. unusual. Yeah. So you started with mild pain. Right. Two or three Januaries ago, I remember. hmm And, and then, then it just it, gradually got worse. Yeah. And finally they pinpointed that they think it's this, this mm-hmm. thoracic outlet. Yeah. But it can't be. That's so rare.
1: Right. And usually it happens to athletes and things like that, but they say that anybody can really get it. It just, it kind of depends on what you do in your daily life and you never know how you're going to get it. And somehow I ended up with it. So
2: you ended up with it, and you have tried a lot of different things. You've done a lot of physical therapy. Three years worth. Three years of physical therapy. (laughs) I have a great physical therapist. And you've developed this great relationship. Yeah, she's like on speed dial. I know she had a baby, and you knitted a whole, or no, you crocheted. 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 (laughs) Yeah, crocheted. Well, there's a tea in there yes yes silent there is. Tea. <laughs> yes English language yes anyway you did all that for them yeah that was very nice of you see so you've really made some relationships I'm very proud yeah
1: <laughs> yes yes I have and I you know I tried all the pain therapies they do Um, they send you to the outpatient like Mary Freebed pain clinic to see if that can help and they help you work through you know physical therapy occupational therapy Mental therapy. Yeah.
2: And that was my favorite part of that whole thing. Because, you know, this whole thing, we're not making light of this at all. No,
1: but, but I hate talking about it. So we have to yeah. joke about it to and make feel better. And we've
2: been on this ride. You know, I feel like I've been kind of yeah. at least dragged along behind I do behind feel some a little bit bad for you. No, I don't feel bad for me. But anyway, I, the whole thing at, you know, was it Mary Freebed yeah. where they, they did all these different things. Yeah. And Betsy came back. From one of her little sessions, you know, you went uh-huh. out one day and then the next day you come back right. and you said we had a breakthrough. And I thought, oh, really? Great. You, you figured out something with the pain, something that made sense? She said, no, we discovered that I'm OCD. Yes, slightly. <laughs> i yeah, obsessive compulsive disorder in a big way. And I said, oh, really? And she said, yeah. Or or you were explaining that the lady, something you did in that session tipped them off to the fact that you want everything a certain way. You want it all perfect and you will make it happen. Yeah, I think
1: I was talking about you and how some things you do drive me nuts.
2: What? (laughs) No, wait a minute. What?
1: (laughs) What? Well, and it's like because I'm a I'm,
2: lovable buffoon, but I don't well, drive people yes, nuts. Yes,
1: but it dawned on me that I am like and and we have argued about this before how I always try to correct what you're doing and that's <laughs> yes. that's what it is. Well, it's
2: yeah. It's you correcting me. That was yeah. because right before that in the minute you told me that yes, now I remember that. Uh-huh. I remember pulling into I forget where Meyer. we had to go. It was for one of the or the Menards color and design event. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Menards. And I needed you to help me figure out what yeah. I needed, and we pulled into a spot, and you said, well, I guess, if you want to park here. <laughs> I said, what? He <laughs> said, well, you could have parked over there. I said, two spots that, yeah, two spots we don't have to walk. <laughs> I thought, okay, this is a good day. Well, and
1: I knew it was bad when we got coffee one day, and- this was after this little breakthrough and you handed me the cup and you had put the little sleeve on it and put the lid on Oh
2: when we were out with uh, Kevin Herman Benjamin yeah. more rap.
1: Yeah well all I was thinking about was how the sleeve was not like the the seam on the sleeve was not matched up with the seam on the cup and the lid was not right and oh so my god So I did goodness. that wrong too. Yes. And it but was your, driving me crazy.
2: Your your punishment or your th- um homework
1: was to let it was go. Was to let
2: me do stuff. <laughs> Let me leave cabinet doors open. Let me do whatever I want to do in our little studio and not Hardest correct me. Hardest thing
1: in my life.
2: <laughs> well, it's not easy not reminding you. I know because when you do correct me, my tendency now is to say, "Uh, uh, uh, uh." Uh-huh. You got to let me do this, yeah. Uh-huh. And then that gets me the death glare. Yep. So anyway, you've had, anyway, you've worked yep. with all of those things. You struggled through trying to get a resolution short of therapy or short of surgery. Yeah. And now you've decided with your doctors at U of M that surgery is what's required.
1: Yes. They've said it has come to that time. Nothing we have done has worked and the pain is still there and it is it it's gets debilitating harder and harder. pain. Yeah. You um, don't sleep
2: at night. You probably no. get you say, what do you tell me, three hours, four hours? Four.
1: Yeah. So I just I can lay there but I'm
2: not actually asleep. Three years of that.
1: Yes. Yeah. So You're a little grumpy time.
2: from time to time.
1: Hmm. I can't imagine why.
2: <laughs> I know. You'd be grumpy too. I know. So you're moving into this surgery thing yep. and that's why we wanted to talk about this really, really quickly uh-huh. because it's going to impact the show a little bit. Because it's a long recovery time from the surgery. A major surgery with a long recovery time.
1: Yeah, I will be in the hospital for about a week, five days, they're saying. And then they're saying three months off of work. The first month, doing absolutely nothing. Like the medication they'll have me on makes it so I can't drive and things like that. I guess it's pretty standard. But then... It's we don't know what happens after that. Hopefully right. it takes away some of the pain, all of the pain.
2: <laughs> right. That's the thing. They we're don't not even, really sure. They don't even know that this is going to fix what you're... They know that you have thoracic outlet and they, that that yes. will fix that, or at least that's the hope. There's, yes. a,
1: There's always the chance that if we don't fix the thoracic outlet problem, even if that's not the pain that I'm feeling, if we don't fix that problem, that there could end up being permanent nerve damage at some point. Right. So, so it's got to be done.
2: That. Moving ahead, and our plan for the show is we're going to try to record as many interviews as we can ahead of time Yeah, so that we've got fresh material. We mm-hmm. don't want to do reruns. That's not how we like to do right. things. So, but if you
1: do hear one every now and then, that's probably why.
2: Yeah, that's, that's probably yeah. fair to say. Yeah. We're going to check in with you over time on the phone, so mm-hmm. we'll try to touch base and hopefully record some stuff that way.
1: Yeah, once I start physical therapy after the surgery, then maybe I can come back a day or two do a little, you know, airtime, and I just we'll wanted just see how it to goes.
2: make you tell everybody so that you'd get all these people behind you, praying for you, thinking about you. Thanks. Yeah. No, you need that. That's it's, right. it's it's a long. Road I don't want walk. to admit it, but I know. Yes. <laughs> you don't like to talk about <laughs> I this. I know this was not something you it's wanted uncomfortable, to do. Comfortable. It's awkward. But I told you we had to do it at some point I know. because people I knew it to was going to
1: come down to it. I just.
2: So anyway, I'm, that's coming up in March. We're thinking, or maybe March April. Or April. Yeah. And we'll keep you updated as we go and get yeah. a little closer. In the meantime, keep uh-huh. Betsy in your thoughts and prayers.
1: Thank you. And now,
2: Betsy, tell us what's next.
1: Uh, next, we're going to talk about something really fun: vacuuming 101. But wait, if you have the right vacuum and you have all the right things at your disposal, the like children to, to use the vacuum. Uh, not what I was thinking, but sure, that helps. it will make it a whole lot better. We'll tell you what all those things are after break. Stay tuned.
0: Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back.
2: And yeah. we took a long time on that last segment. Uh-huh. So we are going to have to move speedily. Into the next segment kay. Which is going to be vacuum cleaners yes. It's going to be short Vacuuming and sweet 101. But I also want to start with this Because from time to time I like sleep noise Yes, You know noise that yeah. drowns out The sound of the children <laughs> yeah. And the white dog and, uh-huh. and whatever So you know white noise kay. Whatever bubbling babbling Brooks kay. and things like that I found sleep noise it's, uh-huh. That's what it is Kay. This is called on the internet relaxing sounds Three hours of this Listen up Three hours.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Seriously. Seriously. That is not a sleeping noise.
2: Isn't that horrific? It hurts my ears. There is three hours of somebody vacuuming their living room.
1: My teeth would be ground down to nothing if I had to listen to that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Vacuum cleaner sleep
2: noise. Yeah. So for those people who just, you know, I just can't get the rest I need unless the Hoover is right by my head. Oh, my goodness. I can send you that video. It's three hours. I wonder if they clean the whole house or if they just keep looping the video I'm i don't know they but that's annoying yeah the dog would just move out permanently <laughs> my dog <laughs> yes. hates the vacuum uh-huh yeah i know that so anyway to. vacuuming yeah let's talk about that
1: yeah because we had a vacuum in our studio and the carpet looked not an inexpensive terrible. one no it was um uh, moderately yeah, priced moderate. And we noticed that the carpets were a little bit kind of gross looking. Just, they I would didn't look say,
2: clean. yeah, they were a little funky.
1: Yeah. And they weren't nice. I used to have a very high-end, very expensive vacuum at one point. And I never liked the way it worked and never sucked up what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Left the dog super hair everywhere. Super high-end vacuum. Super high-end, super expensive Hated the thing, but a more moderately priced, I don't know, 150 bucks, mm-hmm. maybe 200 at the top end, vacuum, a shark, yep. and I love you that vacuum.
2: You that one up so much that oh my when goodness. I needed a vacuum for my house, uh-huh. I bought a shark as well, yep. and I was blown away. The kids are blown away. The carpet literally feels different. Yeah. I'm not sure that Shark is the only vacuum out there to ever have. No. I'm not saying that. Right. But from my experience, Uh the vacuum really changed how the carpet even feels underfoot. And we noticed that in the studio. We have Mm -hmm. one here that we used. Right. Not terribly expensive. Right. 30 bucks more than the other one we bought. Mm Mm-hmm. And the whole thing feels better.
1: Yeah. And it just, it looks a whole lot better. It looks cleaner. And the amount of stuff that we got out of this carpet, even after having vacuumed with the other one is absolutely incredible. Now there are a couple things to remember when you have a vacuum and you use it routinely like we do. Make sure you are always cleaning all of the filters in the vacuum and you know once a month depending on how dirty your house is, how many pets, kids you have, that kind of thing. Make sure you're doing all the filters not just one of them.
2: I did that based on your recommendation. I had never done that before. Uh Washed them all out and it was like a brand new vacuum again. So Yeah. yeah keep that maintenance cycle going.
1: Yeah and one quick little tip you you know, I have a dog with really really long hair that gets stuck around that beater bar I have a bar. son
2: with really long hair <laughs> yes. so yes the beater bar
1: um get yourself a seam ripper for sewing you know in the sewing department at a craft store and run that along the beater bar and it will rip through that hair and you can just pull it right off it's amazing it's like a whole new vacuum once you've done that
2: right when you're vacuuming Uh vacuum in one direction yep and if you really want to be super good Uh uh-huh vacuum in the other direction as well
1: and go slowly when you vacuum i cannot stress that enough go
2: slowly now when we come back we're going to be talking about repainting kitchen cabinets and finding the right color if you're going to put the house on the market this year that's next stay tuned
0: Want to take your DIY skills up a rung? The Repco like home improvement show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. I'm uh-huh. Dan Hanson.
1: and I'm Betsy Thompson.
0: And let's talk about kitchen
2: cabinets because during our time at the remodeling and new home show last mm. weekend, yeah, that's what we did.
1: Yeah, we talked about it. I don't know how many hours we were
2: there, but we basically talked about kitchen cabinets the whole time.
1: Yes. It's, it's astounding that every show we go to, we can sit and talk about cabinets for hours on end.
2: Because it is the project in a yeah. home, the the interior project, mm-hmm. really, that's going to give you a completely different feel for your kitchen. It's like the most for bang kitchen. for your buck. Right. And so many people are dealing with old 80s, 90s oak Cabinets. Yeah, and, and
1: the thing is they don't want to tear them out because they're still good. They're still where solid. I was going. They're,
2: yeah, in good shape. But they're just so tired of the color mm-hmm. and the bright brass on the, yeah. the fixtures or the hardware. And they mm-hmm. want to change them. So right. it's a great project. Not as hard as you think. A lot you know. of people think it's a great, big, huge, gigantic, horrible project. And with the right products, it can go very smoothly.
1: There's just a lot of time waiting for paint to dry.
2: Right. And that's (laughs) not always terribly fun. But one of the most interesting conversations that we had this year about it was from a couple of people who were doing this project, Mm -hmm. you know, getting ready to go because they're listing the house
0: in the spring.
2: Yeah. And so they're trying to get everything figured out. And as we mentioned in the beginning, one of the big, you know, there's two great big components when it comes to any project. It's Mm -hmm. getting your product and and the how-to part. I yeah. kind of lump those together. Right. And then there's always this sneaky one that we don't always think about, and it's <laughs> the color. Yeah. Because it's very complicated sometimes to get the right color. Mm-hmm. And in this particular instance, as we were talking to people, we walked through the project, and they knew the product, and they knew everything. They were ready to go. Yeah. And then they started talking about what color do we do because we're listing the house. Mm-hmm. And their, their in- inclination was to go towards some of the really current and hot, trendy colors. A dark blue or a brighter blue and, Mm -hmm. you know, really, really trick out the kitchen. Make it look like something you'd find in a designer magazine. And that certainly seems like a really, really smart way to go. Mm -hmm. But is it? And I, I don't really know. I go back and forth because I think that's what we just want to talk about here is kind of see if we can land somewhere on this one.
1: My gut reaction is always to err on the side of caution, especially if you're selling the house. If if you're not going to sell the house, then by all means, do whatever makes you Throw
2: happy. Throw caution to the wind. right?
1: Try something new. I encourage that. But if you are selling the house, the problem you have if you choose an actual color to paint your cabinets. And what, blue. what do you mean by that? Well, I'm talking like blue, green, yellow, like red, a, pink, An purple. obvious
2: blue. We're not talking about right. a light Neutralized version of something,
1: right? I'm not talking about a blue gray, I'm talking like navy blue or baby blue or you know, green, any of those colors. The problem is, people have reactions to color, Mm -hmm. it both positive and very negative. I know people, my mom cannot stand. Purple. She I know. She hates could, purple with a passion. We couldn't even
2: have her at our color and design event the year that the color was purple. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> she, she was there. Yeah, she kept she, knocking over the displays yeah, and raging not. like a Hulk. Well, not <laughs> no. quite, quite close.
1: She hated that color. She yeah. does not like... She won't buy something if it has purple in it. So people have this very personal reaction to color, and if you paint your cabinets a color that someone doesn't like that generally takes them out of the running for your house. They go, I cannot live with a kitchen that looks like this, so I'm going to have to come in and instantly repaint because I cannot stand that color.
2: And here's the thing. you might, If you've repainted your kitchen cabinets that color, Uh and you just heard Betsy say that, your natural reaction might be to say, well, they can just repaint it. They'll figure that out. Uh But you got to take yourself back in time to before you painted your cabinets. Mm -hmm. How did you think about the project then? When we've done the project, we realize the steps are relatively Mm -hmm. straightforward and we can get through it. If you haven't jumped into a project like that for a while, it's much more monumental in your mind. Well, and when you're moving,
1: you have all these other things that you have to be doing, not focusing on painting cabinets. you got to remember,
2: yeah, the people moving in, they're not going to instantly think, okay, I can get rid of that color. Right. You know, I'll just repaint yeah. it. A lot of the times they'll walk in and they'll see oak cabinets maybe mm-hmm. and think, okay, down the road I can paint them. Right. You know, I can live with it for now. I can live with white. Yes. Maybe I'll change it later. Right. But if it's a color they detest, uh uh-huh. they're, you know, like your mom with purple. Yeah. There's maybe no living with it. And they're maybe the idea of world. repainting isn't as right. desirable as you might think it is for them to right. do. So what do you do? You're saying white.
1: White is always going to be the best option because white is classic. As much as you'll see and hear people saying, oh, white's on its way out, white is never on its way out.
2: It's a little frustrating because I think I think people mm-hmm. try to make a big splash in the design industry or right. design world yes. by making the claim that this, this is the year that white mm-hmm. is no longer. Right. You know what? Talk to the vast majority of interior designers, architects, people who work with color on a regular basis, the cabinet industry,
1: Mm -hmm. all
2: of those people. White is always popular. It's always workable. Nobody hates a white kitchen. I shouldn't say that. There's always that person. They may not
1: like it, but at least it's something that generally people can live
2: with. Right. So we recommended white. And you could also go with something like a very light gray is another thing you yeah, recommended. Yeah, if you in want
1: something other than white, you can do a light gray, even up to a medium gray if you really want, you know, I always tell people steer clear of the really, really dark charcoal grays on all of the cabinets. If you want to have that color in there, then put it on the base cabinets or on the island. Don't put it on all of the cabinets. You can do the base with the dark and the lighter slash medium up top. And that just helps to anchor the kitchen and the cabinets.
2: Right. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. But I talked to a number of people where I threw out the idea of, you know, a darker base and, Mm -hmm. you know, because I was just letting them know people do all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. And I was really surprised by the number of really negative reactions I got to two-toned cabinets.
1: People can't picture it. But once they see it, it makes sense because you'll see it in a magazine and people go, oh, because in their mind, it's this huge contrast. And it's but they forget that there's, you know, like a countertop and a backsplash and all this stuff that kind of blends it together.
2: There are a number of things, though, to think about with that. And this is what we'd recommend for anybody in this situation. Mm -hmm. You know, consider white. Yes. Like Betsy's saying. Consider, if you want a little bolder choice than white, maybe a light gray. Mm -hmm. Remember, with white... You know, I wish I had mentioned this to the person I was talking to. That doesn't mean the kitchen has to be bland and boring. Right. You can tie in all kinds of color with accessories. Mm -hmm. You know, the classic everybody throws, well, not everybody, but designers throw lemons on the counter you know, in a bowl or limes. Mm -hmm. Instantly gives you this vibrancy and this spring feel. And then the white cabinets feel really light and Mm -hmm. airy and the whole kitchen feels clean and nice and... Right. You know, just exactly like you want it to feel mm-hmm. when people walk into a kitchen, but it doesn't feel boring or sterile. Right. White doesn't have to get you there. Right. So consider white. Consider a light gray. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go to some of these darker colors, stop in and talk to some of the people at any of the Repco Lights or Port City Paint store. Bring in some pictures because we see two-tone cabinets in, in a magazine, mm-hmm. yeah. for example. Yeah. But they never take an average house <laughs> And just snap a snapshot of it and there you go. You've got great big kitchens or you've got scenarios where these two colors, it really works Mm -hmm. well in that particular layout. Some kitchens, my old kitchen was really too tiny to really try to do these two tone colors. It just would not have looked good. Mm -hmm. So before you jump into any of that stop out and ask.
1: Yeah, we'll help you get there and we'll help you find something that isn't going to turn off a select number of buyers and then you're down to, you know, these 3 people like what I did with my kitchen, everybody else hates it. So, right. we want to help you and sell, sell your, house.
2: your house. No, that's really extreme, but that that is the big point. It you does know, happen. The, the right trendy color mm-hmm. can definitely move the house fast. Right. You know, if the right people go through we're not saying that it won't because that that definitely right. can play in. But the thing that, that you do when you go to a trendy color of any kind mm-hmm. is you've just narrowed the group yep. of people that are going to be interested. Right. If you keep it white or mm-hmm. keep it you know, Nuclear. a little more standard, yep. you've got everybody potentially can live with it, yep. whether they love it. Or can tolerate it, right. you've got a much broader base. That's yes. what we're saying. It's a lot of work. If you're gonna jump in, you wanna make sure you get the best out of it. Right. And if you do have questions about the project itself, again, stop out at any Rep Collider Port City Paints. We'll hook you up with the right tools, the right information, and the right products. And that's another part of the whole thing that just makes it so much easier when you're working with the right paints you get much better results
1: exactly now coming up after a quick break we're going to finish our talk that we had last week about some woodworking mistakes and we're going to focus on the finishing aspect because these are things you definitely don't want to do That's from
2: it. experience <laughs> don't do them
1: exactly that's next stay tuned <laughs>
0: If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And here we are, yet again in our
2: lovable studios. Our very <laughs> yes. clean studios. The floors are marvelous. You could eat even a sticky donut. If it dropped on these carpets now, don't you think? That I is mean, true.
1: All of the hair that long. we track in you know, from our pets is now gone, I'm pretty sure. And all the dirt that we track in. Yeah, I think I'm it's gone. I'm going
2: to get a sticky donut, drop it on the floor. And have a child eat it and see once what I don't
1: happens. think the vacuum gets rid of the germs, though.
2: <laughs> oh, the germs I'm not worried about. <laughs> I just don't want to be picking hairs off my tongue or anything Gross. like
1: that. That's so disgusting.
2: Anyway, yeah, vacuum cleaners. We uh-huh. talked about those earlier. Yeah. I wish we had more time, but we spent so much time talking about Betsy's stuff.
1: Uh, hey, that was not my choice. <laughs> we wanted
2: to do that, get that out there. But now, <laughs> let's go back to something that... I'm very proud of this uh-huh. because we've done this from time to time where we've said, oh, you know, here's this really interesting topic. And we've right. done as much as we could. But then time ran short. Yeah. And we say, nobly, uh-huh. we will come back to this. Right. And then you know what happens? We don't. We completely forget. <laughs>
1: yeah. Because our organizational
2: happen. skills.
1: Well, now
2: nah, my organizational yeah. skills aren't always the best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, kind of fly by the seat of my pants. Yeah, but this time we are following through.
1: We are following. We are going through. to finish
2: a conversation that we started uh-huh. last week or so. Yes, and we started talking about woodworking mistakes, common woodworking mistakes, mm-hmm. and we're drawing from an article on the Family Handyman website. Yep, and we kind of tweaked it a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. Covered the first couple of points. Like I said last time. Yep. Now let's dig into a few more because these are so common. And it's not just beginners. The article makes it out that beginners make all these mistakes. Mm -hmm. And yes, beginners do. Right. But also, so do shortcutters. Yes. And money savers. Money savers. Uh And people who just don't think ahead or people who think this won't be a problem this time. Right. You've all been there. We've all been there. Yep. So let's move on. Mm -hmm. One of them is using the wrong tools for a given job.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people tend to do that. They just grab whatever's handy or, well, this is kind of like the tool I need, Mm -hmm. so I'll just make do with this one.
2: Right, and specifically the article and what we're talking about are woodworking type things. Yeah. But this, I mean, really, it stretches everywhere. Mm. The wrong tool for a job doesn't just make it a little more complicated. It can sometimes completely wreck the project, right? or it can make the most simple of things take forever.
1: What was that? We just had that with a nailer. We ended up going and buying a nailer because we had the wrong nailer. What was that? We,
2: well, we were using a brad nailer. Yes.
1: that. Well, and that in was fact, good. what
2: we should have been using mm-hmm. for certain jobs was a finished nailer.
1: Yeah, because we had a brad nailer available yep. to us. We did not have the finished nailer. We made do with The other one, but. And
2: now our trim falls off the walls when we slam the door. We can't imagine why. (laughs) We're fixing that. No, the wrong tool really could mess things up. I was using a screwdriver Mm -hmm. to do something for that home show that we were talking about to unscrew something, obviously. (laughs) Screwdriver. (laughs) And it was a Phillips head, and I just needed a bigger one. Okay. But I was trying to make do with the little one. Oh. Yeah. I ended up stripping yep. the screw. Uh-huh. <laughs> the I knew became, where that was going. All I had to do was walk to the wood shop,
1: right, and get forty steps yep. away.
2: Mm-hmm. But nope, I'm going to just power through mm-hmm. with this screwdriver. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. Uh-huh. Use the right tools, and sometimes, especially in woodworking or plumbing or some of these specialized fields, yeah, it is a little tricky because we don't want to drop that extra money, right, to go get the the, the tool that we'll we'll use once. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why do that? Right. Well, here's a couple things to think about. Because remember, the right tool makes all the difference in the world. It does. So look into rentals, You yeah. know, especially with bigger equipment. Mm-hmm. Well, In fact, you'll be surprised. Go to the rental area of some place that does that kind of stuff, and you'll be surprised at the tools that you'll find there. Some of them yeah. are much smaller than you think would mm-hmm. even be at a rental place. Right. So you might be able to rent exactly what you need for the time you need it. Right. And don't don't worry about the price being, well, it's it's not worth doing. It's worth doing the rental. Mm-hmm. If you're never gonna use it again, you don't want to store it. Right. Rental is one great option. Look into a hand tool alternative. Yes. Yeah, you know, or you equivalent. Can find those. Yeah. Right. You maybe don't need the power whatever mm-hmm. for these three cuts. Just get right. the hand version and that will get you through. You know, it may take you four weeks. But <laughs> you'll get through.
1: <laughs> right.
2: And the other thing is to do what we did with that Brad Nailer slash a uh, finish nailer mm-hmm. that you mentioned. We bought a cheap version of it. Yeah. We hate to do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I and in a lot of situations we would recommend not. Right. Don't cheap out because you're gonna pay for it in the long run. And certain situations, you're only gonna use it a few times. Yeah. And then you're probably not gonna need it. Go ahead and get that little cheap version of it. Maybe it gets you through. Our nailer got us through the project we needed, plus mm-hmm. a bunch of projects to go. It right. paid for itself. Yeah. So get the right tools. The next thing mm-hmm. that people make a mistake of, and this is a big one. Yes. They finish in a dirty environment. They apply their yeah. finish in a dirty environment.
1: Yeah, and you and I have done that because the wood shop that we work in, quite often we end up doing our finishing work, whether it be painting or staining and polyurethane. We do Pouring
2: it. Pouring epoxy.
1: Yeah, we do it right in that wood shop. The problem is- It's
2: the natural space to do it.
1: Well, it seems like that. And we look at the surface and think, well, the surface that we're working on is very clean. There's no sawdust. We've swept we it. it. We it. We sweep
2: it. We wipe it down.
1: The problem is we don't think that, oh, it's up in the air, it's up Up in our air ducts, it's on top of the lights. So what happens when the heat kicks on or the AC
2: kicks on? All of a sudden, or a door opens or somebody closes a door. Yeah.
1: The pressure changes and all that sawdust goes flying and it goes right into the area that you're working in. That
2: is a huge problem. And Uh it's really, really frustrating. You get this piece that you've worked forever on. Now you throw the first coat of varnish, the second coat of varnish. You can deal with a little bit of stuff in that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But that final coat.
1: Oh, you want nothing to is be more perfect?
2: frustrating. So find mm-hmm. some solutions Now you have a very interesting idea that we're going to test. Yeah. But I still think there's a ton of merit to this.
1: I was thinking through because we were talking about when we were doing some of those epoxy pouring projects, we could not get the dust to stay out of our project in the end. And or we, the flies. Right. Or and the gnats.
2: Yeah. He- the locust. It's like a biblical okay. plague oh, in my workshop. Grief.
1: It just keeps getting worse and worse the longer you talk. Um, <laughs> no, we tried putting a box over it, and that worked okay. But what happens when we're working on a bigger project? And a while, get a bigger box. <laughs> they don't have them that big. Um, I was working on some gardening things, starting seeds indoors early, and. I came across one of those. It's like a portable greenhouse thing. It's just a little plastic thing, little frame. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, well, why couldn't you do your finishing in that? You can zip yourself in there. There are vents so you could put a fan in there to blow the air out.
2: There's I mean, it seems like a clean potential. room potentially. Right. If you handled that the right way. And they're not expensive. No, if they're if like under a, 100 bucks. Yeah. If you do a fair amount of this, that might be something yeah. to consider. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to dig into shop. it and see if we can make our own portable spray booth out of something like that. Yeah. And if we can, mm-hmm. we'll tell you how it works and give you the, the scoop. Yeah. If we can't. We're not going to ever talk about it again. (laughs) We'll just move on like that never happened. Yeah. The last thing that we want to consider as a big mistake is dangerous rag disposal. And a lot of people don't think about this.
1: Well, a lot of people don't think about it. And even professionals don't think about it.
2: Even sometimes paint stores don't think about it.
1: Well, the thing is... Remember when we
2: burned the plant down? (laughs) We (laughs) We didn't burn the plant down, but we had a small fire because of this reason.
1: Yeah, the thing is, um, the chemicals that are in all of the stains and potentially your polyurethanes, your top coats, things like that, uh, they drive by oxidation and that produces some heat. And so if you just have a crumpled up rag, and especially if you put it like in a cardboard box in a corner and you have a lot of rags, Mm -hmm. they can start on fire. And in fact, there is a place in Kalamazoo that actually burned down because they were redoing the wood floors and whoever was doing it had some stain rags and they left them sitting in a corner and they did. They caught fire and the place burned down.
2: It is a real possibility. It's a real real danger. And so you want to make sure that you're very careful with any of the rags that Mm -hmm. have solvent. So spread them flat Drape them over the edge of a non-combustible item until Mm -hmm. they dry. And make sure that they dry until everything is cured, which could be a day or two. At home, I always throw them on the clothesline. Yeah. And that works. It air dries them. Mm -hmm. Eventually they're dry and then they're safe to throw away. Yes. So any number of woodworking mistakes that you want to avoid. Yes. We'll link to the full article in the show notes Mm -hmm. when we get those up in a few days. (laughs) But for right now... That's all the time we've got. It is. If you want to hear this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. I'm Dan Hanson.
1: And I'm Betsy Thompson. Remember, if you're about to lose your DIY sanity, we can help you fix that crazy.
2: And we'll help you make sure that you keep all of the flies, gnats, and biblical locusts out of your next finished project. Yes. We'll tell you how.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right? Of course we will.
2: That's right. We'll lead you to the promised land
1: Uh of sorts. And we won't make you burn anything down. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Thanks for listening.